This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Well, good morning. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here today. I mean, this is my home church, my sending church, really, and to be here for this special day, uh, it just warms my heart. I'm so excited to speak and to really share what, uh, what God has laid on my heart um, for you all this morning. Um, I really appreciate your, this church. Every time I talk to my parents or so many times, they always tell me, of, oh, so-and-so is asking about you, so-and-so is praying for you, and that really, uh, that really, I really appreciate that. Uh, and one way that you can pray for us over this next few months or so is Kelsey and I are now expecting, and so you can be praying for us. We have a little one due in April, so we're super excited about that. So I was able to tell Mr. Taylor about that earlier this week, and thankfully, I don't think he told anybody, but I can't trust him on that one. <laughs> but, so, but Anyways, I am so excited to be here. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll be there in just a little bit. But, you know, as I think back over my memories here at this church, so much of my ministry started here. This May will be 10 years since I graduated high school. That's pretty crazy. And I've experienced a lot since graduation. Uh, I graduated in 2018 from college. I worked at the Wilds. I worked here on staff. I've been laboring through seminary, embarking on a new ministry, and now I, I have my new family. And so much of it was initiated at this church and at this youth group. And so I'm, I'm so thankful to be here to be able to celebrate the, the, to, to celebrate the Taylors. And we're not here to glorify the Taylors, but to give praise to God for what he has done through this couple. At the same time, it's right to honor those who deserve it. It's right to praise God for the work that he's done in specific people. I'd like to do that this morning. And as I think back with my experiences with the Taylors, so much of it comes back to one place, and that's the Wilds. That's why I'm so thankful that Willie is here and to represent the Wilds for what it means to the Taylors, what it means to all of us. And many of us in this room, we travel to the Wilds with the Taylors. And let me tell you, that was an experience. I mean, to start out was the bus that we had. During my time here, we had different levels of buses, different quality of buses, and you never know, were to know if it might make it all the way. Thankfully, it did every time. We had a couple of breakdowns along the way. I remember being up on a, it was an evergreen mountain in a snow blizzard when that bus broke down. It was pretty crazy. I stopped at rest stops, broke down one time, flat tire or something like that. You never knew what was going to happen, but our trip to the wilds was always chaotic. I mean, I think one time we left a youth group, some guy in the youth group at a restaurant or something like that. He thought the rapture had happened. I mean, he says it was an accident, but I bet you it was a junior hire. So, I mean, what happened on that bus stayed on that bus. I mean, it was games were being played, wars were being fought. The senior hire were about to destroy the junior high. I mean, until Mrs. Rock came back there and had to settle everything down, things were going crazy. But it was an adventure. But we'd sing, we'd be playing games. We'd stop at McDonald's. I fear for those McDonald's workers when they saw our bus pull up. But we'd finally get to camp. We'd, the tailors would drop us off at the activity center and say, I remember he'd always say this, God gave you the counselor that he wanted for a reason. I'm not sure if that was a, an insult to our counselors, but <laughs> I, I'm going to trust that he was trusting God's sovereignty on that one. But 
We were off to enjoy camp life. And all the while, the tailors and the rocks, they were praying for us. I know that because I got to be on the other side of it as a sponsor and be with them as they prayed for us each and every day. But during the week, I would see Mr. Taylor walking around with his video camera, trying to catch for every single piece of action, often with his sly commentary, his laughing, you know, covering everything that you could hear. So, but it was a great, it was a great time. And we would meet throughout the week on Thursdays to, uh, to discuss what God was doing in our lives. We'd be saturated through the word, with the word of God, with God in night time, with cabin devos, with the three messages that we would hear, and the tailors loved every second of it. And we'd get to our, our family reunions, as they called it, on Thursdays, and we would just tell what God was doing in our hearts. We'd confess sin. We would mend relationships. God would be glorified. And it really pictured what the tailors desired in our hearts, what God desired. And many of us in this room made decisions at camp. We made decisions to walk closer with God, to forsake sin. And at the end of the week, we would drive off that campsite. And if you've been to the wild, you know there's a sign there. That sign has our text for today. And that's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. This passage says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The key word there is continue. Continue in the things which thou hast learned. And the title for my message this morning is Continuing the Faith. Continuing the faith because we have all been taught certain lessons. We've been taught things in this youth group from this church that we need to continue in. My goal this morning is to remind us of those lessons. We have been taught the truth, so we must continue in it. Starting something is easy, but continuing something is much harder. We all start New Year's resolutions. How many of those are still going from January? It's so much harder to continue with things we started, whether it's working out, eating right, whatever it might be, it's harder to continue than it is to start. And this morning, I want to highlight three ways that we continue the faith that we've been taught from Mr. Taylor and this church and this youth group. Before we go any farther, would you bow with me for prayer? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for an opportunity to come and to give you glory for the lessons that you have taught us. God, you have shown us great and mighty things from your word, from your hand, through the life of the tailors. And so, God, I ask that you would help us, Lord, to continue in that, to walk with you, to know you, and to pursue you long after the tailors are with us, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, over the course of my time in the youth group, I learned a lot. And I... Uh, I first started going to the youth group when I was in kindergarten. My parents helped me or helped in the youth groups. I was there at every activity to begin with. We'd go, I mean, my first actual memory, I think, was at a skeet shooting activity at the, the Sonny Heron's house. My first time shooting a gun, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I was, went to shoot a shotgun. I probably had it right here, and it, you know, backfired and smashed me in the nose. I had a bloody nose. But I had so many awesome memories from the youth group. But my first youth group experience was something I could not expect. It happened on a Sunday morning, Promotion Sunday, 7th grade. I come up to the youth room, 
and I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I'm awkward as it is. I'm a seventh grader. I sit in the front row. Bad decision. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, I'm here. I think me, Jonathan Rock, you know, a couple of those guys were there. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm in the youth group. Uh, I don't know what's about to happen, but what could go wrong? And then Mr. Taylor gets up, and he's like, all right, we've got some new people with us today. And he proceeded to call a couple of the seniors of the youth group. And they walked in. I think sleeves rolled up, sunglasses on. I'm like, what is going on? What did I get myself into? I think, and then they, they come and they just grab us. They grab us and they pull us out into the, the hall and they start pounding on the wall behind us, ruffling us all up. I think Doug Carragher misses and punches me in the face. Uh, <laughs> another teenager puts a hole in the wall. You know, I'm like, what is going on? What is youth group? I don't know what's going on. And that was my first experience. And I'm like, I can't trust Mr. Taylor ever again. But that was, that was an awesome experience. But I remember that. It was a lesson not to trust Mr. Taylor. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a time that stuck in my memory. I think that was the last year we did that. So don't know why. Um, maybe. But, uh, but my first point here is if we're going to continue in the faith, we need to remember what we've been taught. We need to remember the lessons that we've learned. And, you know, that first time in youth group, I, I, I remember that. And that's a very fond memory that I have. But really, the lesson that I learned came in that very first youth group time. And I want to go through, I have eight lessons that I can think of that really characterize the Taylor's ministry. And see, right after that scuffle that we had, you know what we did next? Or at least pretty soon after that, we opened up the word of God. And see, one thing that, lesson number one, the key thing that characterized the Taylor's ministry was that the word of God is central. The word of God is central. I don't remember anything about that lesson from that day, but I remember that the word of God was given. In fact, everything we did as a youth group was centered on the word of God. We studied it, we applied it, we elevated it in everything that we did. If there was an activity, the word of God was there. If we had a inspiration, we sang the word and gave testimony of the word's work in our hearts. Mr. Taylor elevated the word. And see, Paul actually tells Timothy the same thing. Going back to our text here, it says, But continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. But going on, Paul elevates it even further. Verse 16, a verse we all know well. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, the word of God was the foundation of the ministry. And the word of God is the foundation of any ministry. It provides support. It provides life. It's the purpose behind everything that is done. And in youth group, I began to learn how to live life with a biblical worldview. Meaning I learned how to see things as God sees them. I learned to see sin for what it is. Righteousness as something to cherish. And the word of God took root in my heart. And it did for so many of you as well. See, we live in an age where people don't live with a biblical worldview, to say the least. 
Sin is everywhere. Corruption is around every corner. And a biblical worldview sets the foundation for our entire lives. We know right from wrong. We know which pathway to take. And for me, the youth group was a big part of that. That leads us to our second lesson. Our second lesson, which is equally important and it's simple. The gospel. I mean, even going back to our passage here, verse 15, and that from a child that has known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. See, the word of God leads to the gospel. And in youth group, we learn to believe the gospel. If the word of God was central, the gospel was the bullseye. We learn that we were all sinners, deserving of death. We learn that Jesus Christ died for our sin, satisfying the wrath of God, imparting to us his righteousness. We learn the gospel. We learn that we had life in him, that Jesus rose from the dead, is alive today, and is returning one day. The tailor desired that we all knew the gospel. I came to faith while I was a teenager. And God used the, group, the youth group to plant that seed in my heart. The gospel was key, and the gospel was elevated. But not only were we taught to believe the gospel, we were taught to live out the gospel. We learned that the gospel wasn't a one-time decision, but a life that would forever be changed. We learned that our salvation meant that we had a new nature, that God gave us the ability to walk with God and to please him. The gospel was our life. These two lessons could not be missed. If you came to youth group for one time, you knew the word of God was central. Mr. Taylor wanted to give you the gospel. But our third, the third aspect of the gospel is that Mr. Taylor taught us to be passionate for it. See, all the world's words you could use to describe Mr. Taylor, passionate would be one of the first used. Mr. Taylor is a passionate man. Mrs. Taylor is passionate about the ministry but his, their passion for the gospel superseded all. He wanted to give you the gospel. We'd be down, driving down Taylor Road here, I remember, and you'd see a couple teenagers on the side of the road. Pulling over, hitting the brakes, he's jumping out, he's inviting them to church. I'm like, Mr. Taylor, why, why are you embarrassing us? You know, as my teenage self. And, but he wanted to give the gospel. I remember sitting through hours of evangelism explosion, learning how to give the gospel, learning the diagnostic questions, and practicing on one another. Mr. Taylor made the gospel the priority. And he wanted us to, to latch on to that, to be passionate as well, which leads us to our third lesson. He taught us through all of that, that ministry is for everyone. To the ministry of the word, the ministry of the gospel was for every teenager in the youth group. We were taught to act out the great commission, which Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. All right, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. We were taught to observe the Great Commission, to share the word with one another, to invite our friends to church to proclaim the gospel. See, Mr. Taylor taught true discipleship. You get saved, you get discipled, then you disciple others. And he exemplified it, and he encouraged, encouraged us to do it. I remember just me, my time with Andrew Taylor, Jonathan Rock, David Huffmaker, as we went on missions trips together. Some great times. As we, 
edified one another. We preached to one another. We shared what God was doing in our hearts together. It was a culture of discipleship, which led us to participate in our fourth lesson, live to serve. We were taught to serve God, to serve others. We were taught to take our eyes off of ourselves and to place them outwards. Life wasn't about us in the youth group. It was about others. We were taught what Paul told the Philippians in chapter 2, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In all this, we were taught Christ-like leadership. We were being taught that the best way to lead was to serve. King Collier, president or former president of the wilds, coined the phrase that the one with the dirtiest towel wins. The rest of this world seeks to better their own interest. We were being taught to humble ourselves for the betterment of others. And Mr. Taylor would often sum it up this way. You've got to be different to make a difference. Heard that about a thousand times. He made us practice it. Remember, every time a visitor came into the youth group, he wanted the leaders of the youth group to go and reach out. He wanted the older teens not just to keep to themselves, but to reach out to the younger teens. I remember Josh Wagar coming up to me many times. I don't know why I'm so emotional right now. You're not dying. (laughs) (laughs) No. You're still here. All right. But it was a culture of service. It was a culture of Christ-likeness. It was being cultivated at all times. It was intentional. It wasn't accidental. And the word of God, the gospel, the ministry, servanthood was all promoted. But a lesson that permeated everything that the Taylors did was this lesson. Be faithful. This faithfulness is seen as we reflect on over three decades of service. But it is also evident in the small things. Everyday life. Mr. Taylor wasn't perfect, but he was consistent. He was faithful. He was faithful, first of all, to God. His time in prayer, study the word, was evident for all to see. Paul tells Timothy regarding his work as a minister in 1 Timothy chapter 4, says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. The tailor's growth over the years has been visible to all. From ponytailed sailor to seasoned believer, there's been some change. I've only got to see a part of it. And during this time, I imagine there's been struggle, there's been failure, there's been hardship. But faithfulness to God has been greatly exemplified. Additionally, the tailors have been faithful to this ministry. One of my biggest takeaways as I've reflected on the ministry of the tailors is that I can't remember a time without the tailors. this picture me as a little kid baby but the judge so sorry me as a little baby would you pray for me to mrs taylor Don't worry, she wasn't woke. It was just. (laughs) To my graduation.
every part of my life that Taylor's had been a part of it, from encouraging me to go to the ministry, to monthly phone calls, you've been there. Truth to giving consistently, giving lovingly, giving faithfully has made the difference. Within the context of faithfulness, these lessons have been taught. The gospel has been taught. And we get to benefit from that. And we get to continue on the ministry. With that faithfulness, I just have a few more lessons here. Where he was faithful, but the second lesson was one maybe that I found annoying at times. It was found at the start of every activity, he would say these, this phrase. He would say, the attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. I've heard that a thousand times. And I'm not sure, again, if it, he, had, he wasn't confident in the activity that we're about to do. Or, but I've realized in my youth ministries that teenagers can be critical. That they can be, they can be complainers. And this phrase, I want to tell my teens all the time in Red Rocks. I'm like... Listen, if you want to have a good time, you're going to have a good time. Stop complaining. All right? But Mr. Taylor exemplified contentment, the fact that our joy comes from Christ. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Having a right perspective developed a spirit of contentment and of joy. Having a spirit of thankfulness and of joy honors God. And it gives a right perspective to everything that we do in life. Next lesson. You can't control the actions of others, but you can control your reactions. Again, this lesson stuck with me probably because I needed to hear it from my own ministry. There were some times when junior hires do foolish things, when you're tempted to react in anger. And I'm sure the tailors didn't always have it easy. I'm sure they were hurt by the actions of others at times. But they knew that they couldn't control the actions of others, only reactions. And God keeps us accountable for our reactions. We can honor God with how we respond to the sin of others. We always live out righteousness. We live out the gospel as we respond to others. And that really was what ministry is. It's responding to shortcomings of sin, the failure of others, and applying grace to that situation like only God can give. Our final, my final lesson is one, it's probably one of my favorites, and that is this. The best type of pizza is free pizza. Free pizza. Teenagers and pizza just go together. But really, this typified the true lesson of enjoyment of life in Christ. Mr. Taylor, the Taylors, exemplified, characterized enjoyment of life that honors, is founded, and is built upon Christ. He always said that Christians can have clean fun too. But I remember trips to Lake Gaston, where he would try his hardest to throw us off that tube, paintballing, where he would ignore all rules. And all pain to take you out. The underground church, fishing together. What other activity we did, it was fun. And Mr. Taylor taught us that life can be enjoyed. That passion for the ministry is something to be desired for. 
The Taylors were not perfect, but they showed us how imperfect people can grow and be used of God to teach many, many people. What lesson do you remember? I'm speaking to a variety of people here today. Some of us in the youth group right now, some of us graduated from the youth group, family, church members. The deepness of your relationship with the Taylors varied, but you've all learned something. If I had to sum up Mr. Taylor's ministry, it would be this, that he taught us to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and strength, and to love others as well, which are the two greatest commandments. He exemplified it, he taught it, and made us want it. And we can, if we want to continue in the faith, if we want to continue the ministry that has begun under the Taylors, we need to remember these lessons. Remember what has been taught to us. But it leads us to a couple of other things. And don't worry, my next two main points are, are much shorter. But we need to first remember the lessons that have been taught. But we also must practice the lessons that have been taught. We've got to live it out. After I graduated college, I had the opportunity to work at the wilds throughout the year. And during that time, we'd, we'd be tasked with different, different jobs in the campsite, any one that Willie didn't want to do. Um, but the one that, that stuck out to me, and is one that he actually referenced in his message this morning, was we got to operate the zip line, all right? And I've got a picture for you. This is me on the zip line. Um, we got to work it, and this is, we were changing out the brakes. Pretty good thing to change out every once in a while. And uh, completely safe, but... As Willie referenced this morning, when you got trained on the zip line, it was pretty extensive. We had to go through, you know, days of just going through the motions of how to hook people up, how to check for safety, making sure those carabiners were clipped on properly, making sure our harnesses were clipped on properly, helmets, whatever it might be. It was pretty extensive. We also had to practice rescuing people from the line um, and doing different, different things like that in the zip line. It was pretty incredible. Um, and at the time, you might think, oh, that's, that's pretty, uh, why do I have to go through all this practice, all this repetition? Well, one time, I was on the zip line working one day. And it was the end of a shift. And, you know, we're ready to get back to our cabins or our homes. And I look over, and we're doing our kind of our last-minute checks. And I noticed that my friend Caleb, his harness was twisted. I said, hey, your, your harness is twisted. You might want to fix that for a more comfortable ride. And so he takes off his harness untwist it. We're about ready to go. And so I, I did my last minute check, and I looked over, and his harness wasn't attached. Like, it didn't clip on, right? And so he was not, he was not necessarily in the safest position. Uh, he was still in the, in the strap, so he probably wouldn't have died, but it was still a safety thing. I was like, Caleb, your harness is not attached. You need to clip that together. And he was, of course, pretty shocked, pretty and all. But it, it brought back to the point that I had practiced this thing a thousand times, but it really became useful when I applied it. Because I had done the training. But I did that, I had the, the, the notion to check over one more time to make sure his harness was okay. But that's life. We've been taught the word of God. We've been taught the gospel. We've been taught these lessons in youth group. But are we practicing the message? Are we practicing the truths? Because if we're going to practice a lesson, we must apply what we have learned. We must put it into our life. 
James 1 and verse 22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It does not do us any good to just hear the word of God. We must apply it to our lives. And then we must continue to grow. We must continue to develop what has been taught. We must apply it and improve it. Paul consistently prayed for his churches that they would mature in the faith, that they would be increasing in knowledge, that they would be growing. The author of Hebrews writes in chapter 5, For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of the strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of a full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And there are many in this room who have applied the word of God, who have decided to implement it into their heart and grow. But there are many in this room who you may be adults now, but you're still spiritually teenagers. Where the word of God has not grown in your hearts where if you have not pursued God, you have not loved him, you have not lived out the gospel. But I know that the tailors would love nothing more, for one, if someone wasn't saved here, to come to know Christ. But second, for someone who wasn't walking with God, to return, to repent, and to pursue Christ again. Don't be a babe spiritually. Grow. Practice the faith. And then finally, we must pass on what we have been taught. We've been taught to be disciples. And disciples make other disciples. Remember, ministry is for everyone. By passing on the faith, we fulfill the great commission. And the Taylors were not shy about their faith. Mr. Taylor in the youth group, Mrs. Taylor in her public school many times, they exemplified the great commission. And the great commission is not just the gospel. It's teaching others the word. It's leading someone other to a closer walk with God. And if we're going to really apply the truths, continue in the faith, we need to pass on the faith. We need to pass on what we've been taught. And the tailors are going to retire. But just because the tailors are retiring doesn't mean ministry stops in this church. You all know that. There will be a new youth pastor one day. And he will pass on and teach these truths to the next generation. We need to make sure we're supporting that. So we've been taught the truth. So we must continue in it. Mr. Taylor has been there in my struggles and in my successes. I remember one summer, my last summer at the wilds, leaving the campsite. And there was different times where I was emotional or distraught over sin and the way that I needed to repent and grow, draw closer to God. But my last summer there, as I left the wilds, as I'm sure as I saw the sign that said, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, there was a realization. The realization is that the same God that's at the wilds is the same God that I'm going home with. And the tailors are moving on. But we still serve the same God. And he's still able to accomplish great things in this church. And he will still accomplish great things in the lives of the tailors. Like I said, this is not a funeral. Continue serving the God that the tailor served. And throughout the day, we will have so much fun rehearsing the good memories that we have experienced with the tailors. But I challenge you today 
as you see them, tell them how God used them in your life for his glory. Tell them a lesson that stuck out to you. Maybe how a, a certain lesson or a message, a central truth resonated with you throughout your adult life. I know that they'll find that encouraging. And tell them how you're continuing the faith. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this ministry. We thank you for the opportunity to walk with you, to follow you, to pursue you, and to continue the faith. Lord, help us to know you, help us to love you, and give us the strength as we go on today to honor and glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.